You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data from Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware. Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team. This is the High Hopes Podcast. High Hopes. It's a bunch of baseball nerds talking about the Philadelphia Phillies on Radio.com and Sports Radio 94 WIP. Yo, it is another edition of the High Hopes Podcast. Jack, we got pictures of baseball players in baseball attire they are down at Citizens Bank Park, checking in, getting ready. It's it's starting to feel real, buddy. I like that your yo's are getting progressively yo-ier. Uh, <laughs> it's it, go time. I mean, they're real now. They're not the the sad, depressing yo's of, of labor negotiation times. Nope. And, and the best part about that, James, is that there's never going to be any more labor negotiations. <laughs> oh, yeah, we're sad. We're, we'll never have to go through that again. What a beautiful thing. Yeah, never again. Uh, I think before we start this podcast off, uh, you know, we have to we have to say goodbye to the open of our podcast. You know, I mean, J- JB's hanging them up. You know, the- I know. I know. Very unexpected. Very crazy. But, um, you know, it seems like he's very happy with his decision. So. We'll support him. But, yeah, you know, uh, uh, definitely the, the open of the pod for a long time now. I know. Hey, and listen, as as we say on the High Host Podcast, if, if you're happy, we're happy. Um, and it seems like it seems like JB is happy, happy. So uh, I think we're still allowed to use his voice for the open, right? I mean, I don't think that's. I believe so. You know, we're, we're still, you know, there's no ill will. We're still friends. I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure he wouldn't have a problem with it. It'd be a real shame if he just, like up and took the <laughs> took the open he's like he's like listen the one thing i have to bring with me when i go is the i hopes open it's the only thing that can't stay hey let, let's be the first to say this if that happens john barcher no longer friend of the podcast i think yeah that, exactly I think and that... and lo- luckily i don't think it's gonna happen so i think we'll be good <laughs> oh james like dude baseball it's almost back it's so it's so almost back i don't know what i'm doing in any of my fantasy leagues because i don't know how we're gonna do a 60 game season yeah but like i just don't i just i just don't care i mean reese hoskins looks like mike schmidt uh reese is bringing it jack bryce you you directed me to a photo of reese hoskins that i had not seen yet he looks good man now the stash the 
the seltzer slash, you know, uh, uh, quarantine hair action going on. It's good work. Yeah, and if you if you put a side by side of Reese Hoskins and Mike Schmidt next to each other, they look exactly the same. If so facto, Reese Hoskins is going to turn into Mike Schmidt at the plate. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I mean, I, it's unassailable logic, Jack. I, I, what am I supposed to say? To that that's what I try to bring to this podcast, James. Is <laughs> the, the 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 deep analysis type stuff. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> dude. I don't know about you, man, but I'm just I'm just busting at the seams to, to get this thing started and you know everyone talks about how it won't be the same without fans and like yeah i get it. it it won't be the same without fans but really i don't think we'll notice that to the playoffs like i mean regular season baseball without fans i mean i've watched it before I, i've played in yeah. it before like it's not it that, happens it happens relatively often yeah. not not zero fans obviously but like a few thousand yeah yeah and i just don't care i just don't care i just i just we're so close to it to be to, uh, just being back in our lives every night. I mean, they have to play 60 games in 66 days. And, like, it's going to be – I feel like maybe we have to save baseball from itself and stop making it look like this was just a money grab, which is which, <laughs> which it was. But, like, this is a straight-up 60-game sprint. And, it, sure, the best team probably won't make the playoffs or the best team might not win the whole entire thing. But, I mean, every baseball game is going to matter. Every like, every single one's gonna matter. It's gonna be crazy, and I don't know, man. Just seeing those guys back on the field today, seeing it's like Bryce wearing a JT Real Muto jersey. I just think is it. It just it's such an alpha alpha move by Bryce, you know? Because <laughs> he really is. Because he really is. I mean, he's basically like, listen, Matt Klentzak, sure, you're technically the GM. I get it, Andy McPhail. You talk about the fourth lowest, second half bullpen ERA, and worry about the concession stands. But like, who's the most important voice here? It's me. Like, we're we're gonna figure out a way to get this done. And I just, you know, I love that he's stumping for for JT. He's he's letting him know that he's his boy. Yeah, I I think it's really cool. I uh, I think we're probably both on the same page. Then I think I know we've talked about this a bit, but that. You know, we both also don't want the Phillies to overpay for JT Romito. So it's one of those situations where I let's talk about that real quick. Because we, you know, Clintac came out since we last spoke and said, you know, that there had been the Salisbury report, which I believe we talked about last time um, about, you know, 23 or 24 million a year for four to six years or whatever. And Clintac came out and kind of threw a little cold water on, on the general idea of it and said, you know, that the landscape's changed. Um, and it has, you know, where are you at with the Romita situation? Well, here's the thing is that I don't think what Klintak said was wrong. Um, I mean, Klintak was, was right. And I'm already, you know what I, you know what I haven't been able to stop thinking about since the comments is, um, do you remember his comments after they didn't go after Manny Machado? Um, well, because he was like, he was like, uh, the player exceeded our evaluations. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Of course. <laughs> and yes, and yes. I, I just started getting flashbacks to to that, where it's like, uh, yeah, JT, uh, love the player, but... Uh, he, I know. Exceed- He's so bad with talking. Dude, every that. every time he talks, I just I just feel worse. But well, he's one of those those I think I'm smarter than you, and I'm gonna talk to you like I'm smarter than you guys. And those are the worst guys. I mean, you know, like look, I know you went to Dartmouth. I know you're smart, but I'm not an idiot. You don't have to talk to me like I'm an idiot. You don't have to like talk down to me. Talk to me like, 
in a way where it's almost like pandering to me. I, it's cool, buddy. Like I, I can get what you're saying. You don't have to, to act that way. Well, that's I mean, that's what this podcast prides itself on. Just 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 trying to talk to the baseball fans like they're baseball fans and not like yeah, like normal people. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So with the real Muto stuff, like I, I, I think I think JT, he's just got to he's got to just realize that the market's not going to be what he thought it was going to be. And it sucks. Like it sucks for JT because JT is a catcher. He's going to be entering into his age. I mean, he's going to play this year at age 29, but he's turning 30. Uh, he's been the best, best catcher. Well, he's been the best catcher in baseball last year, but he's been a top five catcher for the last couple of years. Uh, and usually that, that translates itself into a, a pretty big payday. And, I just don't think he's going to get it. And I think the Phillies are almost playing chicken with JT and and saying, hey, sure, like, we'd love to sign you. We, like, you are our guy, and Bryce loves you, and, and the city's kind of falling for you. But, but we're not going to pay, like, $40 million more than we have to because you thought you were going to get a huge contract uh, after this season or whatnot. Um, so I almost think JT has to – has to just be like, all right, this is unfortunate, but I'm going to take the contract I can get. And I think it's on the Phillies to not, you know, I don't want the Phillies to take advantage of the situation because I don't want them to severely lowball them and, and just anger them and, and send them to free agency. But I, I just think there there's there's a path towards a fair deal here uh, that I would like to see both sides kind of, uh, you know, come to an agreement. You know, you have Salisbury earlier this week saying like $23, $24 million a year. And like, that's insane. Like you're not getting, that's insane. you're not getting that money. That's not going to happen this year. These owners have already talked about how they're losing a hundred plus million dollars a year. And I know that like, we, we think they're probably lying. Like I don't, believe the owners but if that's going to be every single owner in baseball like that's going to be every single owner in baseball not just the phillies not just john melton like that's going to be every ownership group in baseball they're going to play they're going to cry poor and say we can't afford to pay you and and jt it's either it's either get hopefully a fair contract from the phillies now or maybe sign a one-year deal in the offseason and and dude if you're if you're gonna if you're jt realmuto you're gonna be played age 30 in 2021 uh if you're at a one-year deal and there's a possible work stoppage after 2021 like I- i'm sorry you just have to take the deal now i think he has to take the deal now five like five years a hundred like just make it five years a hundred million and see what he says you know i i don't think the phillies have to to pay 40 million more than they have to i mean that's that's a couple other players to make the rest of this team better um so i i just i think real muto has to to Take down Zach's asking price a little bit. Be more realistic with where the market's going to be. And it's on the Phillies to make a fair offer. Yeah, I think he kind of nailed everything I would say about it, too. I, I think to, to hammer home the point, though, I don't even know if, to be honest, he would get $20 million a year on the open market right now. I, I, I think your point about ownership groups and how they're going to handle this offseason, I, th- I think we've talked about this before, but I think free agents are getting screwed. It just is what it is. It, it, it's not collusion, but they're all going to agree without saying they're all going to agree. Like, no one's giving out those types of contracts. Like, maybe Mookie Betts gets, you know, something over $200 million, maybe. You know, I think, like, he's the one guy who maybe can get something. And even then, it's going to be, like, $100 million less than he would have made before. Uh, I just, especially a catcher heading into his age 30 season, and we think he's going to age well, but a guy who's, you know, the vast majority of, of Romito's value, and look, he's a good hitter. 
But the vast majority of his value as a, a elite baseball player and an elite asset is that he's the best catcher in the game defensively and that he's great with the staff and all that type of stuff. I mean, it's rare to see catchers age well into their mid-30s. You know, Yadier Molina and, you know, I mean, you know, you don't see many right now. If, you, if you're just trying to think of guys who've aged well into their mid-30s, like, and and continue did. I mean, Yadier is really the only example that you have. So well, Pudge, um, Pudge, Pudge was one, but Pudge, you don't. No, know. I'm talking about play guys who are playing right now. But yeah, there have been others. But the point is, I was talking strictly about guys who are in the league right now. Right, right. right. But but even still, like you're right. You know, they're they're few and far between. Is the point? And I I do think JT theoretically could be one of those guys because of you know started playing the position later, all that type of stuff. He's in great shape. He's all that type of stuff. But um, it's just a concern. Um, ultimately, to one, one quick thing that, that look, I know that the Sixto Sanchez part of it hurts. And I, I think that in a way, he is more important to the Phillies for that reason than he is to other teams. But the idea that the Phillies have to overpay for him just because they traded Sixto for him is just silly. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's faulty logic. Like, you don't make a, another mistake just because you already made one mistake. If that's what it ends up being, it's it's the sunk cost fallacy. It's it's classic stuff. Like, so I, again, I, because they traded six zero for him, I want them to figure it out, obviously, and we just want JT here, but not at any cost just because you gave up the asset. The asset's gone already. You know what I mean? Yeah, but man, I it's not that I disagree with you. It's just like. I mean, what I'm saying is like factual, <laughs> like whatever, whatever else you want to say. And I, again, I agree. I don't think you should make that six zero trade without the belief that you're going to sign JT to a long-term deal. But once you've traded away six zero, it's over. He's gone. Like that cost is gone. You, you can't give Romuto extra money than you believe he's worth or whatever, simply because of six so like that can't be the reason if you get into a bidding war and there's another team and you desperately want to keep him and and you do it for for other reasons that's fine but it can't be because you traded six so for him like that's a sunk cost like that's the wrong way to think yeah but i mean you did trade the num- your number one prospect for him i agree look i want them to sign him i'm just saying like the idea that i mean it, it again this is like basic economic principles like the, it's a sunk cost six is gone Sixto doesn't matter anymore to the Phillies. He is not their asset anymore. So, like, ultimately, again, I want them to keep JT for many reasons. And it would hurt if they trade Sixto for him and he left. But the point is, if there is a team out there that's willing to give him $25 million a year or something, you can't go above that just because you traded Sixto for him. Like, you can't overpay for the guy just because you traded the prospect is my point. But what if you don't have a plan like that? I think I think the thing is so, well, so that's a much more endemic problem for the Phillies, obviously. Well, yeah, I think the thing is most frustrating for me is like you, you, it, it feels like they're surprised that they have to pay JT and like you don't trade. I know you, you just brought up six, though, but like, you don't trade your best prospect, brought, but your best prospect and then a year later, don't pay the guy. You know, you don't. Like, I, I just think that, you know, I understand the sunk cost fallacy. I mean, I have it's a little, little too big a word for your your boy over here. I mean, it's get, it's getting a little too nerdy. Uh, you know, I just want to talk about baseball here. But <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I know. I, I listen. I learned. All, I know. I learned all of the sunk cost fallacy when it came to uh, Julia Lokofer. Um <laughs> But like, but at the same time, like you, ha- 
what's the what's the plan? Like, I, what's the plan if they don't sign JT Realmuto? Like, it can't be it can't be well. We're gonna build the best team we can, you know, you know using prospects and and. You know, I agree. Like look, the, and they and they haven't developed guys. And and look also to that point. I look. I would feel a lot better about saying screw it. Op- overpay for JT. What do I care? If they've proved that they're willing to spend money, but if this is a team that's gonna do this. BS with the luxury tax on a year-to-year basis and maybe go over it sometimes, but get back under. If they're going to be a team that is consistently concerned about the luxury tax, and we hope that he's not going to be. We've talked about this with Middleton, but like we don't know. There's no evidence to say they're not going to be that type of team. And if they're going to be that type of team, then how much they pay JT on a yearly basis is incredibly important. Yeah, well, two things off that is that I, I just I don't believe that Middleton lets JT walk. You know, I, I don't either. I, I ultimately I agree. With yeah, you. I think he will be here. But yeah, and, and the other thing off of that, you know, and me and Julia were kind of getting into it today was like, who are you really paying? You know, I mean, Nola's not making that much. Bryce is obviously making his money. Although with the price thing, can we just stop with the freaking, Oh, he makes, you know, the $330 million contract. How about we break it down to AAV? Like if you break it down to AAV, it doesn't look nearly as like insane as, as the $330 million. Like, I just get annoyed when it's always the $330 million price tag rather than $25 million a year, which is, like, I think in the top, you know, top 20. It's, like, tied for – I think it's tied for 12th, but it's tied with, like, 15 guys or something. Exactly. You know I mean? It just drives me crazy. But anyway, you know, who are you really paying? Nolan's not making that much. Bryce isn't making that much. You know, is a one-year deal. I think they'll probably re-sign him just because his market's going to be thin. He'll probably want to play for Girardi, and they don't really have – like, Stott won't be ready, I don't think. Uh, Hoskins isn't getting paid yet. Uh, Kingery is on, Kingery's on a cheap deal. Segura, obviously, is on, like, a relatively cheap-ish contract, but you're paying him for the next couple of years. McCutcheon's gone after two, uh, next year, like the following year. Arietta's done after this year. Robertson's done after this year. Like, you know, they're not really paying that much. And even if it's a little bit of an overpay, I don't think it has to be like a $30 million overpay, but it's a little bit of an overpay to, to secure the best catcher of baseball. Like, I just have a problem with it because I don't know, I don't know, first off, where the rest of the talent's coming from. You know, hopefully Bohm and Howard come up and Stott and, and Mick Abel in a couple of years, who, uh, by the way, Jim, Jim Callis thinks is going to be the first high school player to make the big leagues. Psh, whatever. No big deal. Um, uh, you know, you hopefully have that kind of cheapish contracts coming up. And, and then JT, you know, you're not really spending it elsewhere with the big money coming off the books. I would like to them to, to, to kind of secure the best catcher in baseball. So, um, you know, I, I just I don't see where all the, the money concerns really come into it because I don't really know who they're paying. Uh, you know, I forgot Wheeler. Wheeler's obviously making a pretty decent chunk, but, you know. Well, and also, look, the, the team they have now is not good enough to be a, a perennial World Series contender. Like, you still need some flexibility to add to this team because, you know, we, we, there are only a couple guys in the system who are close right now who we feel great about, and then – people lower down like like they need to develop prospects and and turn some minor leaguers into quality major leaguers for a long-term thing but if we're talking about this core of guys harper and romito and stuff like that winning world series they still need guys you know what i mean they still have to spend money they have to be willing to go over the luxury tax like this isn't good enough i mean look what the dodgers are doing look what other teams are doing like this isn't good enough yeah you know what i mean yeah but and, and, and another thing off that you know, 
the the idea that they're going to stop building if they resign JT, like that's another thing that's been brought up. And it's like you can you can still draft well even if you're drafting in the twenties and in the second round, and then also spend money internationally. Like the the, the idea that signing that's not I'm not saying you. I'm just talking about some of the 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 conversation around JT that's driven me crazy. Is they're acting like if you if you resign JT, it's like such a disaster because you're gonna be picking in the in the twenties or thirties. Oh yeah, that and, doesn't matter. Yeah, no, 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 no. I mean, look, Mike Trout went twenty three. Um, Gavin Lux went like seventeen. My, again, my my worry is strictly more financial, and I'm and again, this is all upon the idea that based upon the idea that that they won't go over the luxury tax. If Middleton's willing to pony up and and pl- pay players, then they can add to this. And paying Romito doesn't matter, and all that type of stuff. And look, you got Arietta coming off the books. I mean, there's there's you know uh, again. I think we both agree they should sign JT Romito. They need to sign JT Romito. But I'm I'm happy they're not. I don't want it to be at all costs. Is my point. Like I I think they need to bring him back. But I'm happy that they're at least being somewhat guarded about the financial part. Yeah. No. It's just it's just unbelievable to me that you're calling for 162 of Andrew Knapp if they don't uh, resign JT. Uh, and I think that's very sad. God. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Let, let, I'm not. I'm not going to dignify that with a response. Moving on. Uh, we have the, uh, I guess it's now, is it 54 men with Swarzak added? We, uh, still some ads to happen. They're probably gonna add another catcher, Glentax said, but what were your impressions of the, um, the, you know, quote unquote 60 man roster that as of now is a 54 man roster? Uh, I was, uh, initially I was a little surprised that like Moniak and Stott and a couple of the prospects were kind of left off of it, but then I started thinking about it and, you know, the Phillies are one of those teams that, is taking they're kind of just throwing darts at a dartboard and they're seeing what can stick and see if if they can find a kind of diamond in the rough you know like mikey matuk and um you know logan forsyth josh harrison lariano like they're kind of just taking a bunch of shots and seeing if they can kind of strike some gold there so the phillies more than other teams i guess um they have a lot more veteran presence that could possibly make the major league roster so you know, I think they'll. I think they'll add to it. You know, like Austin Davis wasn't on it. Um, a couple other prospects. You can't can't forget Austin. Yeah, Davis. I mean, I, yeah. I mean, who, yeah. Just a, <laughs> oh, can't can't do without Austin Davis. A truly electrifying talent. But um, you know, I I think that they'll they'll kind of figure out the rest of those guys. You know, some of those guys might want to go find a job elsewhere if they don't think they're gonna uh, get playing time in this bullpen, which seems like a stretch. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I, 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 I was fine with it. You know, I, I just think that as we get closer to the season, they'll narrow it down. And I think that they'll, they'll add some of the prospects in, like I know the Braves and, and nationals and the Marlins had a ton of prospects on, on their, on their 60 man. But you know, those, those teams are also kind of set with the talent they have. The Phillies have a lot, a lot more wild cards. So um, I would think that as we get closer here, you they they would add like Moniac and um, add Stott and uh, Casey Martin and Mick Abel, maybe Mick Abel. I mean, uh, getting those guys, I think getting those four specifically into uh, player development and making sure that they're around these guys and uh, you know they're up at Lehigh Valley and they're they're getting some kind of minor league development since. Uh, I'm so sad. There's there's not gonna be any minor. I know. I know. It really it really hurts. Like, well, we knew it was coming, but it still hurts. Yeah, and like you know, 
I had just gotten so used to, you know, checking the, um, you know, checking the box scores and kind of following all the, the minor league baseball writers on Twitter and, uh, you know, just get like, you know me, I get excited about prospects and, and get excited about the, yeah, I get excited about these things. And like those kind of guys, those guys have been my, have been like Mitch Rupert up in, up in Williamsport doesn't, does an unbelievable job for, for the paper up there. And like, I am legitimately going to miss his, his uh, cross cutters updates. Like I said it before, I'll say it again. The cross cutters are the only team I care about in this whole entire system. You know, like they're my favorite team. They're, I like them more than the Phillies. And then uh-huh. it goes, it goes cross cutters, Redding, uh-huh. <laughs> and then the Phillies, and then Lehigh Valley. But I'm legitimately gonna miss the cross cutters. Um, yeah, well, the it's a bummer. It's like, a, I think it's what a, you just say, like it's like, and I, but I do think your point is really important. Like I don't want your point to get lost because I, I was gonna bring it up to the idea that. It's really important they get these prospects on the 60-man roster, whether it's with the extra spots they have now or, like you said, I think an interesting thought of of bringing in guys to, to the camp to see some veteran guys and say who's going to make it, who's not, and then replace those guys once the 30-man has to be set. Um, either way, I think to get, like you said, to get those guys development, I, I think it is, and, and it's why you're seeing a lot of teams do it, I think it's really, really important without a minor league season that especially guys like Sta, you know, guys who are who are important prospects in your system, guys who are like we were just talking about, important part of your future. I think those guys have to be active and involved. Hundred percent, I totally agree with you. Um, you you can't you can't let a year of development go to waste. You know, I mean, like Eric Allen's or Eric Miller is another name that comes to mind. Gosh turn into an eagles podcast over here eric, <laughs> i'm very sorry eric miller i mean you know i think very highly of you um but eric allen should be in the hall i mean of fame. look eric allen's a pretty good you know it's it's not like you think poorly of someone if you call him eric allen yeah i mean he good. he played in your college early college days so um i <laughs> i know he meant a lot to you um i did watch eric allen so i think that's enough all right uh yeah so i i totally agree like the just at some point, those guys have to be added to the roster. Like they, um, I, and I think the Phillies will, you know. And I, I just pray that one of those guys is is not Odubel. I just, I, I, I'm so. Oh please, no! Yeah. I'm, I'm really happy he's not on there. And and look, I do think that you mentioned Josh Harrison, but I, I think he's one of a few guys who I like the the Logan Forsyth, Josh Harrison. Neil Walker type of guys, I think that there's something to, especially in a season like this where obviously injuries uh, are, are going to be a factor, I think, where, you know, guys might need off days, this, that might, obviously, you know, COVID is a factor. I think having guys like Harrison and Forsythe and guys who are, you know, maybe not the best players ever, but legitimate major league baseball players who've been around the block, who do certain things really well. I mean, Logan Forsyth has always hit left-handed hitting. I feel like he'll hit left-handed hitting until the day he retires. Like, you know, that type of stuff. Um, I, I, I think that the bottom of the roster is, is not as bad as I think some people think it is. Oh, I love the bottom of the roster. And really, Me too. and really the lineup as a whole is, is, is pretty good. I mean, I don't know. Uh, I think I was watching the the hype video that Phillies put out today, and it's just kind of crazy. Like, Didi's legitimate twenty five home run threat. Segura could bat. I mean, 
Yeah, he could bat. 300. 300. Look, he batted th- until last year. It was three hundred over 300 three years in a row. 300 better. So. Yeah, I mean, Hoskins, Hoskins could easily bounce back. And after the photos that were uh, uh, circulating Twitter today, I think he's a lock to bounce back. And then you, you have, like, you have Kinkery, who I think is going to lead the team in war this year and is going to have a monster year. Like, there, there's – uh, McCutcheon's going to be – much. McCutcheon's 100%. Um, like, you kind of – you kind of forget how loaded the Phillies, just from a lineup standpoint, are. Like, there's some legitimate dudes in that lineup. And that's before you even get to Bryce and, and Real Muto and kind of go down that path. It's like, you know, there, there, there could be something here. I mean, we talked about how deep they were before last year. And I don't know. It, it, they got better. I mean, Didi makes them better. Segura makes them Zagor back makes him healthy, or it makes them better. The Cutchin back healthy makes them better. Kingery, you, you I mean, I, I, the, the whole second base thing, you know, being the catalyst to an unbelievable season, I think is a little strong. Um, but, but I mean, sure, I hope it, I hope it happens. Hazley getting more and more comfortable. Harper, you know, with the, he had the bad May of last year, and then after that was a really good baseball player. Like the, there's there's a path here to having a really good offense and the guys you just mentioned like I think Forsyth Forsyth was their best player in spring training uh, <laughs> Neil Walker Neil Walker is Neil Walker he's been around forever and Josh Harrison I love Josh Harrison he's like already one of my favorite Phillies and I really need him, need him to make the team so um, yeah there's just <sighs> we're almost there we're almost there I'm so I even just hearing you talk about about these guys is getting me so jack bryce harper just tweeted out a rocky quote so he's in peak oh peak come bryce on harper can we stop with right rocky <laughs> i hate rocky. rocky i hate rocky <laughs> bryce is so locked in on like his philly-ness uh i hate that, rocky i think i think uh, i think rocky's my least favorite thing to ever happen to philadelphia i really uh, do well, oh uh, yeah well it's a bad take but that's okay you well, be, wouldn't it be the first time no, it would not. It won't be the last. Um, yeah, I'm with, look, I, I do think it's a good point. Because remember after that first series against the Braves last year, we were like, this team's going to lead the league in runs. I mean, this team's going to hit, baby. Well, and now and- I, I don't I don't want to blow up your spot, but your your host on the Midday Show said, what, the yeah. 19, 1927 Yankees is going to wish Jay they were? He said they were going to be one of the great offenses we've ever seen. <laughs> I mean, Jesus. Uh, Jesus. I love I, th- I feel like the camera gets more in on like baseball teams than any other sport. Like he just, yeah. when he nerds out to baseball teams, he nerds out. Yeah, it's good stuff. It's very good stuff. Um, so yeah, I think you're right. Like this team could hit. They can really hit. Um, th- there's a chance that they're going to be a really good offensive team. You know, you just worry about the whole other part of the game. <laughs> it's going to be you know a little less uh, less. Less uh, confident in their ability to pitch oh, on a night basis. They might not protect one lead, but <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna rake, man. They're gonna hit. No, but like, and you know, here's the other thing with the freaking you know people talking about the Phillies and whatnot. Like, like oh, is that what we're doing? I know, I know, I know. I just hear a lot of Philly stakes <laughs> throughout the week. Uh, so, but like. Zach Wheeler's on this team, man. Like Zach Wheeler is, is here. Like Zach Wheeler's a I know he's inconsistent. I got it. I get it. A hundred percent. I am with you. But like, can we can we stop acting like Zach Wheeler's not a massive addition to this 
this rotation. Like, did we see Zach Wheeler in, in spring training? He looked like he was ready for a like a dominant season. Like, I don't know. I understand there's a lot of question marks, but Nola and Wheeler and Spencer Howard, given what they want to do with them, like that's a good that's a good three. Add in breakout Pavetta, you might have the best staff since the nineties Braves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Stop. I love when you're making a point, and it's like a really solid point. It's a good point, and then you 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 know throw the hammer in. Well, you know, I gotta keep everyone on their toes. <laughs> Let, let's talk about Howard real quick because I think the Howard and and obviously Boehm in the same sense too um, is a fascinating thing because um, we talked about the seven days thing, which um, you know we both that's agree not, that. And that, again, but that's not that's not confirmed. I guess that that's just. That's what I so saw. I saw Jim Salisbury mention it as well. Oh, okay. Um, cool. So I think it's correct, but I haven't seen it. Like I, it was mentioned in an article in passing, and it didn't. It wasn't like I haven't seen a rule that says it, but it feels like that's, you know, let's roll with that for now. We both agree that as much as you know, every game matters, and it truly does. And it is an interesting philosophical question: How much do these games matter compared to a year of control? Um, more so than in a normal year, where that question is is you know, less of an obvious answer. Um, but we still both think you keep them down for seven games because it's yeah. just too valuable for that year. But you, I, I, I'm of the belief that certainly Howard should be up the moment that clock is good. I don't get the impression that that is the Phillies' plan. Where do you stand on this? Uh, I. It's so tough because if you listen to Klantak, um, you know, after the season, he was talking about how it's time to win now. And they even put that into the hype video today. So it seems like they're all in on winning now. Um, so I would like to think that they're going to do whatever it takes to kind of make the playoffs in this season. So I would like to think that that Spencer Howard is going to be on the, the team right after seven days because – Listen, you can't tell me that Spencer Howard is not one of the five best starters on this team. Like you just, you can't tell me. You can't tell me he's he's not ready to come up right now and and pitch in the big leagues. Like he's he's that good. So I, I think that given what they've said, you know, I think they'll do the seven days thing if that if that does come to to fruition. I think they'll keep him down. And then I, I legitimately think he'll be right in the rotation after that. I think it's going to be quick because I think that they brought in Girardi. Uh, they brought in Didi on a one-year deal. Uh, you know, Arietta's on his last year. Like, I think they want to try to win now. And I know it's a 60-game season, and I don't think that whoever wins the World Series here should be crowned World Series champions. But, you know, making the playoffs for this team is going to mean something. And, you know, maybe kind of jumpstart them in the year after um and I, I there's no good logical baseball reason not to get spencer howard up here and listen i mean talk about the perfect kind of you know uh chance to make your mark there's not gonna be anyone in the crowd you're gonna get face major league hitters the the season ultimately doesn't matter that much i mean it's 60 games everyone knows it's a sham um like the the intensity won't quite be there. You can kind of just go out and be Spencer Howard, and I, I'm I'm in on that philosophy. I I I would bring him up as soon as I can. So uh, whether it's I, seven days or fourteen days, just do it as as fast as you as you can. 
I, I think you nailed it. Like, I think that's, and I, I think that's a great point. I hadn't thought about that, about the idea of kind of a little less pressure for a kid coming up into that spot. Um, but on a most, most basic level, look, they literally every game matters this year. And teams are going to miss the playoffs by one game. Like that's, what's going to happen. It's too close. It's too short. There's going to be too much bunching up. Like there will probably be a tiebreaker in one of the two leagues. Like that kind of stuff is going to happen because it's so few games. Um, Every one of them matters so much. Like they have no excuse not to bring Howard up because, like you said, I mean, you can't tell me he's not one of the best three pitchers on this team. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, even though he's never done it in the majors, I, I, I he's just better certainly than than whoever the five star is going to be. No offense to break out. Well, let's not let's not get ahead of ourselves. <laughs> but yeah, I'm with you. I think they have to bring him up, and I think. Look, I think I think the fan base is going to let them know that too. I think that's going to be one of the the early season storylines is, you know, when can they bring Howard up? When will they bring Howard up? And why haven't they brought him up? I think it's all going to be stuff we talk about. Well, unless um, they unless they take my philosophy, you know, just tank the season one year. Just, I, yeah, shit. one year. I like it. I mean, well, also to your point, I meant to talk about the World Series thing. I hundred percent with you. By the way, this is not a World Series championship. It's an accomplishment. Like whoever wins, like it's certainly an accomplishment. It's going to be super fun to watch, and I'm totally all in on having fun with it. But it's not the World Series. Like I'm sorry, this is not a a a real title that should be, you know, remembered forever. You're not going to tear up, you know, when they when they when the Phillies are are walking. Or of course, we should know yeah. that. The, of course, this is the year the Phillies are going to put it together. Win. It's going to be like, oh great. I mean, I'm happy. I'm happy they won, but yeah, you know, but now I have to argue that my team has an asterisk next to their title. It just won't. Ca- I even I I legitimately think that even if the Phillies win this year, maybe this will change once the games get started. But like, even if they win, I just it just won't feel the same. It, same. It, there won't be that intense playoff run, you know. Like for for as much as people say, like fans don't make sports, ah, uh, they they kind of do. Yeah. Little yeah, like, the, like, I mean, like the Victorino Grand Slam, like, like the 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 J roll walk off, the the Howard Homer off Loesch, like, like just just iconic home moments with the you know the Halliday no hitter, like rejoicing with with Phillies fans around you, you know that's not gonna that's not gonna be there this year, like and and just being able to bear down on an opposing team and trying to rattle them and, and see if they can handle the pressure of the Philly fans. Like it's not going to be there this year. I would, I, I'm excited to make the playoffs. I'm all in on the Phillies, make the playoffs, whatever, you know, tanker, make the playoffs. That's the only thing I care about. Um, but like, it just, it's just not going to be the same. It's not going to be the same. If there's not uh 45,000 plus fans. This isn't bank park with the, with the, with the rally towels going and all that. It's just not going to be the same. Um, so it's it's a total shame um, that it's not going to happen this year. But um, whatever, we have baseball back. This it's actually yeah, it's going to happen. We're this still going to enjoy it. It's going to be this point. month. Like it's going to be fun. It's going to be super intense. It'll be fun. Like it's going to be neat to watch the first baseball game of the year and know that that game actually truly matters in the outcome of the season. Is it's unique if nothing else. That it is, and it's this month. That's all that matters. We are Jackie. 20, Jackie. We're 23 or 24 days away, whatever. 23 days from yeah. opening day. Let's, baby. Go. Let's mm. go. We need a schedule. We need a schedule. I know they're going to say, they're saying next week. I need, I need a schedule so bad. I need it. Like I need 
air to breathe, Jack. Give me the schedule. Let me look at it way too much and think about what I'm going to be doing every night for the next two months. I can't wait. Yeah. I can't wait. Let me let me I, just break down those AL East opponents that we have to go up against. Oh, buddy. Let's not talk about that now. This is a, fun, <laughs> this is a happy podcast. This is a happy well, podcast. hey, they only play the – I think they only play the Rays for one and series. Yet, that's what we're hoping. Like, it looks like that's the way it's going to break, where if it's the same as it was in whatever year they said it was, I can't remember, but it, they would get the Blue Jays the most, which would be great. Well, but the Red Sox. Let's not get ahead there. of ourselves. The Blue Jays. That's true too. The yeah, the, it's a good point. I you know, give us the Orioles. Can we just play the Orioles a bunch? Is that possible? Well, we don't do bad. We don't do well against bad teams either. Although I yeah, did right. see, I did see today that the last series of the year is going to be Phillies Rays. So, uh, ooh, I could dig on that. Yeah, Hyams old team versus Hyams former future team. I love this. Let's make this happen. I'm in. God, I can't um, wait. I can't wait. There's Hyam's future team. Um, all right, what else you got? You got any uh, uh, final thought bag stuff? Uh, wait, hold on. Before I get my final thoughts, uh, just well, I would like to know what your review of High Hops was. Oh, yes. I didn't know we were getting into that. Um, it's perfect. Is that a good review? I think it's literally perfect. It's a perfect beer to drink and watch baseball. It's a perfect beer. I haven't done it with baseball yet, but I am sure it is perfect with baseball. It's a smooth IPA. Um, it's perfect. It was a true delight. Hey, let's put, Jack, Jack, I will say this. It was a, uh afternoon that I will never forget for the rest of my life. <laughs> yeah i'm glad you enjoyed it uh and yeah it's it's fresh there at, at and you know when the season rolls around you know just go pick up one for yourself and uh enjoy Boom. some phillies baseball some high ops it's the best four beer. fingers brewery yes Make it um so i have two final thoughts but they're they're both kind of long-winded so i'm sorry um <laughs> what else is new and I was just like, I don't know how I stumbled upon this this YouTube. This is like uh, ISO possession. This is like Iverson, and I'm the other four guys, and I'm just kind of moving off to the side, and I'm going to let you do your thing. Well, I was on YouTube the other night, and I have absolutely no idea how I found this this page. But it's the single most important YouTube page of my life, and um oh god what what a sell um i don't know how they got their hands on this this video but they had a live stream of of pavetta pitching to alec Baum, um Mm -hmm. and i was breaking down the entire thing and i've got a couple takeaways from it that i have to share with the hopes listeners is is that um so he's really shortened up his mechanics like like almost all right you know who I finally figure out who Pavetta is, and it kind of sucks, but whatever. It's just, it's just, it is what it is. He, he's just, he's Phil Hughes, like, and, and when you look at his <laughs> Phil Hughes, Phil Hughes had a solid career. I mean, he lasted. When you he look, never, he was just never what he was supposed to be. His mechanics right now look just like Phil Hughes's did. You know, very short arm action, um, and it's weird. So he's pitching a bone. And Bohm didn't get one good swing off him. Now, it's hard to kind of say, 
you know, it's kind of hard to read too much into what the hitters are doing because, like, I don't know. It's 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 a live pitching should be. I would think pitching will be ahead of hitting to start. Right, and it's live BP. You know, it it, it caters towards the pitcher. It generally does. But uh, like Bohm didn't square up one Pavetta pitch, which is good. I think now the the bad side is that I don't think he located one fastball, uh, which like sucks. But um, and I think I really do think the shortened mechanics have kind of hurt his uh, his ability to kind of finish with his fastball. Um, but I will say he threw like I want to say he threw almost forty percent changeups to Bohm in this in this like I think Bohm pretty much had like three or four at bats off him threw a lot a lot of changeups and he threw him a lot of them for strikes didn't have like crazy movement on him but you know good enough to kind of get a job done and give a hitter a different look uh, slider came along uh, curveball. Didn't look great, uh, but I think he started fi- finally starting to find a, a, a groove for it as the at bat went on. But anyway, just just a great uh, uh, little YouTube. I don't know how he I don't know how he got his hands on it, but uh, a little Pavetta update for people. And there's also a video on there from the Phillies at Twins, which wasn't broadcasted live. But uh, Garrett Clevenger, I don't know if you do you know who Garrett Clevenger is? I know that he is on the Phillies sixty man roster. And he, he should be because he was pitching to Josh Donaldson and he made Josh Donaldson look like a fool. And I've never seen Josh Donaldson, you know, not square up a baseball against the Phillies um, or Phillies pitchers. So, um, like, Clevenger kind of took him to school a little bit. So, and that's a lefty versus righty. Um, so, interesting stuff. I, I'm excited to see what Garrett Clevenger can do. I'm excited to see what uh, Connor Brogdon can do on the on the 60-man roster. Damon Jones. Like, listen. I, yeah, Ramon Rosso. Oh. I, yeah. There's some, some Fritz specials on there. Don't get me too excited about Ramon. You know, I don't. I don't, I don't, I don't want to not be able to sleep tonight. Um, and the other thing I want to do real quick, cause I didn't do it last week. Um, but listen, this podcast is for anything. It's for the nitty gritty disease Phillies fans. And we got to get into oh, oh, Can't, can't wait to see where you're going with this one. <laughs> we can't not get into the undrafted free agents that Brian Barber absolutely was stealing from teams. Like I shouldn't, I should have known that this was it. To be fair, to be fair, with only a five round draft, this is obviously the the most important undrafted free agent class maybe ever. Correct. I don't know. Um, now my my mic was muted. Uh, that's why I wasn't talking. I thought I was talking. <laughs> I thought I was talking. Wasn't talking the whole time. Um, you got so excited. Yeah, I did. That's a hundred percent, two hundred percent correct. But uh, honestly, James, I have I have no idea how the hell the Phillies signed all these guys because they're legitimate. Like some third round prospects in here that that went undrafted, and the guys they signed are guys that really smart teams sign. I don't want to get ahead of myself, James. I think the Phillies might be a smart baseball team, and that makes me very whoa, fair. Whoa, whoa, whoa! No, whoa. no, you can't slow the hype train down. 
Oh, buddy. You may be Brian Barber smart. Let's start there. Brian Barber smart and the driveline guys are smart. And having the driveline guys associated with the Phillies has really helped, I think, getting some of the, some of the talent. So uh, the, the, the most exciting name for me is Blake Brown from UNC Asheville. Up to 100.5 miles an hour with a 98% spin efficiency on sports team fastball. Uh, you know, you, you get him around some of the driveline guys and it just might be game over. Had a one had a one eight nine ERA this year at UNC Asheville with striking out twenty six guys. Like uh, just the they added so many guys that can throw hard. Like Chase Antle from from Coastal Carolina, he's another guy that gets up to hundred miles an hour, absolute power arm that probably could have gotten drafted. Um, uh, uh, the freaking the Delaware kid, uh, Billy Williams. He's another one that gets up to hundred miles an hour. Uh, no, Billy Sullivan. Sorry, Billy Sullivan. Uh, up to 100 miles an hour. But just like the, the the guys they brought in, they brought in three guys that throw over 100 miles an hour. And I think that's massive. Uh, Noah, Noah Skiro is from Liberty. He pitched the Cape last year and had a 260 RA in the Cape, which is good. Although I don't think the Cape is what it used to be for pitchers because colleges are kind of telling them to stay back and don't waste your innings up there. But he reminds me a little bit of Dan Straley. And if you can, if you can sign a Dan Straley out of the uh, undrafted free agent market, that's pretty good. Uh, Jake McKenna is another local kid. Um, big 6'7 lefty, up to 230 pounds. I mean, for, for a guy who's out of high school in 6'7 and can get into the lower 90s from the left side, um, you know, that's kind of a, a risk that you're willing to take. But but they, they, they just drafted... Like Jonathan Hughes is a guy with with really good spin rates on a slider. Same same thing with uh, uh, Sam uh, Jacob Sack. Like just just guys that have it's the Phillies targeted two guys in the in their undrafted free agent class. Guys that could touch a hundred or ninety five plus with elite spin rates from their fastball, or guys who could really spin breaking balls, and that just makes me really excited. So um, I don't know. I'm pumped. I'm very, I'm very excited about what they did in the uh, in the undrafted free agent class. And I like this. Look at this. Looking for guys who you know, guys who throw a hundred. That used to be something they they would would ding people for. Now now they're they're looking for them. How exciting! I didn't know. Uh, I would like to think that Matt Lentech wasn't allowed anywhere near the uh, the Phil's draft room uh, or the undrafted free agent process because uh, I'm sure he was just freaking out that these guys throw too hard. Um, but either way, I don't know. I'm I'm pretty pumped. So I love it. Yes, I love it. Yes, the excitement in your voice. It's good, Fritzy. We got baseball coming back, man. I'm so ready. This month, legitimately, this month. It's a beautiful thing. You got anything else? Uh ah, oh, my mic is muted again. I thought I was getting hot on this, but I do not have anything else. <laughs> <laughs> I. <laughs> You really run through some issues here. Well, I realized that if I could if I could hold it close to me and I mute it, then it might not bleed through with your audio. Ah, look at you. A clever inside baseball. Right. We've had some we've had some trouble with uh, had to edit the audio. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's been good. The audio bleeding through, so I figured if I mute it, then <laughs> maybe that won't work happen. For you, so good work, I was trying to make your life easier, but turns out I muted myself. So I have nothing else to say, but we are so close to baseball. Signed JT Real Muto, and uh we'll talk to you next week. Yeah, and let's end it with Bryce Harper quoting Rocky. No. It ain't about how hard you hit. 
It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward, Rocky, by way of Bryce Harper. What the hell does that even mean? Like, what does that even mean? Who Who is getting hit and who is getting up? Are we talking about the Phillies or are we talking about the JT Real Muto contract uh, uh, negotiations? Oh, I love it. Anyway, he's Fritz. I'm Seltzer. We'll see you later.